When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. $2 late fee. You have one new message. Hey, Dustin, how you doing? You want to come out and hang out with the fellas? Come on. Hey, Zach, come on. How you doing? You want to come and hang out with the fellas? Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? Well, that's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Hey, Candy, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. When, tonight? I can't, I'm hanging out with the fellas. No, when? When did I promise that? Oh, come on, baby. You, you know, you can't count on anything I say when I'm doing it. <laughs> Hello? Yo, kick it! Yeah, it's time to feel good, yours truly, Luke, two live crew, haters, and we finna kick this metal thing, if y'all know what I'm saying. So if you're home listening to your radio, I kick it in with your video, I want y'all to sit back, relax, and check it out. Hey, hey, Wendy, <laughs> how you doing? Hanging with the homeboys, one of your personal favorites. This is true. It is. It is one of my personal favorites. One of the movies that shaped you as a as a young lad. Oh my gosh, it did. Uh, 15 years old when I saw that. No, I was 14 at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Independent Darling of 1991. Um, man, it's not what I expected. Like watching it at... at Watching it at 45 is not the same, clearly, yeah. as watching it at 15. It's a very mature movie, I would think, because it's very, um, uh, which we've talked about before, like this idea that when you're younger, things are kind of black and white yeah. and idealized and, right, there's good people and there's bad people. Yeah. But then as you get older, you realize, like, no, like, good and bad there's good and bad in everyone. Oh, um, what's that from? Ebony and ivory. Um, You're as blind as a bat and I can see. Yeah. <laughs> You're my amigo. No, I can't. Those are, Let's not fight. Those are, those are not the lyrics of 
of the one I was singing, but that's the one with Joe, as I like to call him, pissed off Capo. Joe pissed off Capo. Right. This movie is interesting because, as yeah, as a kid, I watched it repeatedly. I feel like on VHS and laugh my ass off at all the funny parts and all the dramatic parts. I was like, kind of hadn't experienced that yet, so didn't know how to really take right. that in. But now, as a forty-five-year-old watching it. And knowing the backstory of the director and the writer, um, Joseph Vasquez, it's really interesting to watch it now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say with confidence, it definitely holds up. Yeah, it's a really, you know, it's it's a really well done movie. Uh, it covers one evening with the homeboys, um, similar to like Martin Scorsese's like After Hours or something diner it's, it got compared to diner and american graffiti right because it's because it's just like one night amongst friends and it's not it's not there are mishaps that happen but it isn't like in that same way you know there's not like if it was going to be done in that way uh they would keep continually running into the same villains or something you know they oh there are these guys again like the guys from the the guys who you know there's a scene where they get thrown out of a a party that they're not invited to. Yeah. And I feel like if the movie was done like after hours or something like those guys would have come back somehow they would have been out or, or, or like any, uh, kid and play, you know, cause I love those movies like where like the house parties and the, um, class act, yeah. you know, those, those yeah. movies where they're a little goofy. I mean, they're much goofier than this. The, yeah. the tone of this is not, is not goofy. And almost dreamlike in, in the way that like three o'clock high is dreamlike fantasy. -like. Yes. This yes. is not, this, this is, is, this is not rooted in reality. This is, this, this is very, uh, it's kind of like shot very simply in a way, um, you know, like locked off camera shots, locked off close-ups. The use of handheld camera wasn't, you know, as, as prevalent, I feel like back then. Yeah. Um, but there's there's kind of like that thing that happens when you're growing up with like friends and uh, or just like you know being around kids or dudes I should say dudes because it's not it's it's different with with women they have a certain they have a different kind of like bitchiness or whatever. But <laughs> in, in 1991 for sure. Yeah, but when a dude is like, you know, messing with you and it suddenly becomes like messing with you as a friend, or vice versa. But then there's that turn where it's like not funny anymore. Yeah. Where it's like, dude, no, like, dude, like, no, like, you're not, well, I'm just ragging on you because you're poor. It's like, no, 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 like, I that I don't like when you do that. Um, yeah. And that kind of like that visceral feeling when you realize like a moment has gone bad or like has gone, mm -hmm. right? The energy has changed. And it, and it can be that way with dudes or it can be that way like just in a relationship where like, you know, one minute you're just joking around and then someone says something and then suddenly it's not funny anymore. And you're like, how did yeah. we get here? How did this happen? I didn't, I don't understand. Um, I totally feel you. So those, those moments, like, you know, watching this uh, and we, we just rewatched this together. It's like those moments really like hit me. Cause I'm like, it's, it is, it is very complicated and it speaks a lot to like, why are your friends, your friends, you know, are these people that just were in your vicinity and you're hanging out with them? What do they actually offer you? Yeah. Um, is it healthy for you to be around them? Right. Do they make you better? Do they actually support you? Yeah. And this movie covers all that, all that in a really, in a really uh, dynamic way, I thought. Yeah. I 
very well put by the way um and true like i think when you're a kid you don't and you're figuring out who you are and your place in the world and maybe even your early 20s and yeah ragging on each other goofing on each other we've seen it in like stand by me and the sandlot and and like coming of age type movies and this in some respect could be perceived as a coming of age in one night movie for uh, one particular character, um, yeah. John Leguizamo's character, who he plays uh, Johnny. Yep, Johnny. Not uh, not Johnny. John Leguizamo's first movie, but one of his first movies. Maybe his first like semi-starring role, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I feel it's relatable to me in that way because I think there was a time when I was getting goofed on. I let I goofed on my buddies. But now I'm in a place in my life where, you know, you being one of my closest friends, I don't, I don't rip on you in a way that I would, that they do it in this movie or that I would, I don't rip on you the way I did. I would have done it in my twenties or younger. Ooh, yes. Yes. I think that's because now well it's said. like, Ooh, that's kind of hurtful. Right. You know, Oh, you know, um, making fun of your financial situation. Like when you're younger and you're poor is one yeah. thing. But then, but yeah, if you keep on doing it over and over and over again, and maybe it's not that big of a deal at the time, yeah. but then you, yeah, if you keep getting hammered, like uh, it eventually gets old. It, it gets old. It gets old. And then something, you know, realization happens, whether it's a maturity or, or whatever, or someone else points out to you, like, what is that person actually doing for you as a friend? Yeah. And like, there's a great way. There's a yeah. great moment in this movie at the end of the movie when one of the characters, Mario Joyner's character who plays Tom, uh, Mario Joyner, like the stand-up comedian, and he was in a ton of stuff in the 90s, I feel like. He he says, like, I don't need friends like you. Yeah, right. Right? To Willie. Right. I'm going to make it. I'm yeah. going to make it. I, I think just I want to establish the premise for anyone who yeah, please. might not be familiar, uh, as I really was not familiar. This was not a movie that I... And, and being someone who, you know, always loved movies... Somehow this just skirted my attention, or or somehow I just I just missed it. So this um, is fresh eyes for you. This is the first time you. It's really... fresh eyes. Yeah. Wow. So cool. Um, but this is a movie. It's very simple. It's just yeah. four buddies. It's hanging with the homeboys. It's it's four homeboys hanging out uh, over the course of one night in the Bronx slash Manhattan. Manny Hattie. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's a it's a double borough. We we think we get to Manhattan. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it's ever, it's ever exactly clear because it's not established. They're definitely in new territory, like halfway through or like an hour in. They're yeah. like, but right, they see this guy. Well, well. So the four friends. Let's let's establish them. Let's yeah, just establish friends. them. We got John Leguizamo, who's Johnny, as we've said. He's certainly the most uh, innocent. He is the most. Um, logical he is the most uh you know intellectual about things but he really is he's innocent he's naive um and he's the most hopeful and that makes him kind of like the protagonist yes um, agreed and then you've got mario joiner uh as you said tommy tommy yep who's the actor the wannabe actor uh who we see several times acting quote-unquote in this movie and he's a terrible actor um but he makes money and he's one of these guys within the group who you know can take care of himself he's got a car 
He sells magazines too over the phone. He sells magazines over the phone. Yes. <laughs> that we find yes. out early right. on. That started, yeah. yeah. And that's and that's but he has a job. Yes. He has a job and he's and he's willing to to do whatever it takes. And then you've got um our our favorite uh Mr. Serrano, who plays <laughs> Fernando. Well, does he play Fernando? Yeah. Right. Fernando slash Furball slash Vinny. Um really, really, really interesting character. A guy who uh is Puerto Rican uh by birth, but wants to be Italian. Um, pretends he's Italian, wants everyone to call him Vinny. Um, the womanizer gets by, makes makes money, make, gets food from the ladies that he dates. And we, we know that he's got like at least five ladies in rotation at a given time. I, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, maybe more, maybe more. But that's his thing. And wherever he goes, he's fixated on getting a new lifeline. Um, <laughs> to the point where he doesn't always remember their name. Does, yeah, doesn't really care about yeah. them, but it's more about the game. And it's introduced in a really funny way, like the way when yeah we'll play that clip. Hello, hey, Wendy, how you doing? I'm okay. What? No, I can't. Not tonight. I'm hanging out with the fellas. No, I know Wendy, but when did I promise that? Figures. Well, I'm sorry, Wendy, but I can. I told. But Wendy, but listen. But Wendy, but listen. But Wendy, but listen. All right, forget. All right, so I lied. Okay, so forget. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, he's very, he's very likable, even though we know like he's being unauthentic, uh, and even his friends don't even know what his real nationality yeah. is. Well, that that's the thing. They're like, uh, that you know, there's a scene where he's he's confronted with that, and this cop says, you know, what's your nationality? And I'm like, he's American. Yeah. What's his ethnicity? Yeah. Right. Oh, he's Puerto Rican. Uh, but he's so charismatic. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. The actor Nestor Serrano who plays Vinny. Yeah. No, he really is. And spoiler alert: Nestor will be on our show in two weeks. Uh, talking about this, talking about a lot of stuff. Oh, great interview! I love that interview. It's it it, it really is great, and I know we say that a lot. We're like, oh, that's really great, but um, we we're give biased. good. We get well. We we're biased, but we also yeah. give good interview. Yeah, and we're you know we're definitely uncovering things that I think he hasn't. We he certainly has never had an interview and talked about the Hat Squad. No, in his life, and he, until we oh, talked to us. Wait till wait till you hear that. But anyways, um, yeah. Okay, and then rounding out. Our, our quartet of dudes is Dougie Doug. Dougie who, Doug. Who plays Willie. And, cool Runnings. Right. Um, and Dougie Doug, or Willie, I should say, is always broke and um, not particularly motivated uh, to get a job and blames his situation, uh, you know, being a black man in America, right? The, the, yeah. The white man wants to keep him down, um, but that's why it's very hard for him to survive. Um, so even though he feels weird about the situation, he's not doing a lot to rectify his situation. And he's out with the dudes and he's has no money. So he's reliant on these guys, someone. Yep. We cover me for this, cover me for this. It's a pretty bold move if you think about it, to go out every Friday with the dudes and not have any money at any at any point and just have a, you know a world of IOUs 
Um, he was in he was in debt before he even got a credit card. Yeah, yeah. He was just in debt, debt. Yeah. And I, 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 I've I definitely have known people like that in my life, people who are just angry at the world when they have the tools at their at their disposal to fix that, yeah. but they don't. Yeah. And you wonder, all you had to do was X, Y, and Z to get right. you out. But but there are people that would rather. And we've said this before. It's way easier to be angry and yeah. negative than it is to be positive and active or proactive, right? Yeah, it's it's easy when a situation arises to look for someone to blame or something to blame, uh, than to say like, okay, well, this is just what's happening, or or that I had anything to do with it. Taking responsibility. Yeah. Which is what we're in. I mean, Dustin and I a couple times had said that this was. Um, this is very topical. This movie is very relatable now in many ways. It really is. It and, really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of responsibility, one of the catchphrases of, of Vinny is, you know who's responsible, right? It's, it's kind of <laughs> this, running, this yeah. running joke because <laughs> Willie invites John Leguizamo out and Vinny initially doesn't want him out because he's very, he's just kind of mopey and depressed. Well, he thinks he's depressed. And, yeah. 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 And John even says yeah. that he's like, I'm depressed all the time, man, because yeah. he's working as a, a, a clerk at the gr- local grocery store. And he his uh, one of the, his coworkers, like, you got to fill out that scholarship, you yep. know, and he's like, I don't know if I want to go to college, man. Yep. And I'm assuming he's at an age well, he's old enough to drink and get in clubs. So he's at least 21. Right. So he's not 18. No, no. And he's he's I can relate to that on one level of just like feeling just disconnected mm-hmm. and not knowing where to go in life. Absolutely. Uh, and, and not feeling, not having that influence or that positive influence to kind of get you to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. But also that's a mental thing too. It's like you can have a million people telling you what you should be doing with your life. Yeah. But until you make that decision yourself, you're drifting. Yeah. And he is. And so, and Vinny, Vinny's got it made. He's mooching off the ladies. He's getting laid every night. Allegedly, you know, yeah. and uh, he's got women bringing him dinner and then he kicks him out. Basically, yeah. he doesn't need to, to work. No, nope. he can wake up whenever he wants. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and in many ways, uh, Tommy is like he feels like he's got his whole act together. Yeah. He's the he's the mature one of the group. Right. Right. You know, he's he's got his he's living on his own. I feel like there was another movie like that, too, where, oh, you know what it reminds me of? Eric Stoltz in The Wildlife when he's like, I'm a mature 18 year old mm-hmm. now i'm living in an apartment yes, on my own yes. like what i've made it yes and that was a thing back then in the especially in the 90s yeah. you made it if you're living on your own doesn't matter if you're check to check yep if you're living on your own you've made it yep <laughs> yep that's a really good that's a really good point and a really good theme um it's just like a universal theme it, it never it never really changes i mean i think you could certainly apply that today Oh, you know, yeah. same situation and people coming out of a pandemic now, like paycheck to paycheck has a whole other meaning. Totally. And and the idea of like living on your own versus living with somebody. I think it's I would sense that more people are probably living at home longer than they were when we were kids. When we were kids, yeah. it was like you either went off to college or you got a job and you moved out. Mm-hmm. Either way, at 18, you're out of the house. Yep. Now it seems like either way at you're mid to late 30s, 40s, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. which is fine. It's it, I think there's a more of an acceptance of like, we're all at different places. Yeah. You know? And maybe college isn't the right thing for you. 
even though college is like poo-pooed by by Tommy and everyone Vinny. in this movie, right? Yeah. Or, or, or yeah, or the dudes. Yeah, right. the dudes. The yeah. dudes. I love that you connected this with um, uh, with After Hours in the sense of the of if it, if it being taking place over the course of one night, and I'm thinking of the Warriors, and my sure. whole mindset goes to it just being in New York. And I think you had even said when we're watching this, you're like, this is really the only place in America that at three in the morning, the energy is still as high as it would be at eight. Totally. Because no. New York is its own like backdrop. No, it, 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 it really is. Like New York is like a character in the movie because it, there's only a few points where they actually establish like, oh, what time it is. Because you, you really have no idea. Like we know that it's, this has been going on a while, but yeah. then at one point they're like, it's three in the morning. Let's just go home. It's like, I want to get laid, man. <laughs> um, and then they basically, yeah, they're, they're out all night. And, you know, having lived in New York in my 20s, yeah. early 20s, it was like, yeah, like you could do that. And there was always a place for you to go and you had your spots. And it was just like, I don't know. I was feeling that nostalgic nostalgia for that, for that time. Getting, I, getting pizza at two in the morning. Getting pizza, you know, uh, yeah. French fries at the, you know, at the, at the Fritz place, you know, that was always open. Um, where did you, where did you prime, where did you lay your hat mostly in New York? Like where did you live specifically? Uh, it, was, it was the West village would be kind of the hangout. Um, because that's where NYU was based. So I was living in the area that's uh, Union Square is what it's called, basically 14th and Broadway. And um, my senior year in college, because like that's what we would do. You know, you just you'd go out all night. You go up uptown, come back down, have pizza uh, nearby. You go to your spots in the West Village. And then, yeah. And then as I... I um, once I graduated college, like, and I was moving out into the boroughs when I was in Queens, when I was in Brooklyn, it was a little bit different. Um, I was a little, I, I feel like I was a little more grounded. Okay. At that point was, we'd still have occasionally those nights, but like, yeah, it was, it was just like the possibility that that could happen, you know, like at any night, like if you were going out, you were never like, oh, I'm going to be in bed by 10 or like, you never had any goal in mind. Yeah. But when you're going to be back now, whenever I go out, I'm always, no matter where I am, I'm wishing I was on the couch. <laughs> yeah, same. Like at any point, I'm like, okay, I've been out for like an hour. Yeah, I'm ready to be either asleep or, you know, just, just watching a movie. Heaven forbid you have to wait in lines to go into some place. Yeah, like, oh, no. this is going to take so much of my night waiting in line no, to get into a place. No, that Or going to that. a club where you got to, I mean, that's just not a scene for us anymore. I remember nope. when it was a nope. scene back in the day. Uh, I had a very short period of time with, it felt like a lifetime in a good way, but my good run with Matt and Terry when I was in my early 20s, yeah. when Swingers, which I feel like is a nice counterpiece to this movie in many ways of like, are these your friends and how much do your friends care about you? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately in Swingers, his friends do care about him. Yes. But um, in this, you know, going out late and, and being out late with Matt and Terry until like two or three in the morning, and whether I was drunk or, and it was just about being out with them. Right. Versus the objective with these guys is about getting laid or meeting a girl, totally. you know? And it seems like Willie, Willie's always just like, I just want to hang out with my buddies. Yes. But then there's this underlying question of, is he hanging out with them so he, they can pay for his whole night? Like what's his, what's yeah. his deal? You know, 
And he doesn't, it seems like the Tommy and Johnny are the ones who have the, the two big kind of aha moments mm -hmm. in this movie. Whereas Vinny and Willie don't. Right. Vinny and Willie are more like the, Willie is the monologue, the, the, the devil on the shoulder of Tommy, mm -hmm. who's the quote unquote angel. And then Vinny is the devil on the shoulder of, of Johnny. Mm. Where Johnny is the innocent, wants to find a virginal woman. <laughs> yeah. And then Vinny wants to get laid 24 and just use women. Yeah. And then Willie, Tommy is the one who wants to make it and make a living and be something of himself. And Willie is the one who just wants to mooch and blame everybody for his for his problems. Yeah. I'm just like, as I'm talking about this, it's literally as I'm formulating. Yeah, I'm just good. really like, wait, these are two things. And if you if you the guy who wrote and directed this. Uh, Joseph Vasquez, or Vasquez, sorry, um, who died in the the early '90s, the mid '90s, yeah. I think '95 of AIDS. Well, it's a tragic story. I it's mean, it's totally a guy tragic. who just lost his mind. Yeah, he lost his mind, yeah. and 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 in, he want you can tell that in this movie he is all four characters. Yeah, he, those are all his four personalities. What's his What's his first name? Joseph or Joe? It's it's. Do you think he went by Joey? Yeah, let's say. Well, it's so confusing because even as you're talking, I'm like, Willie, Johnny, Tommy, Vinny. Whoa. Yeah. All all names ending in this E that are totally interchangeable. And if I hadn't watched the movie, like, I'm just thinking like, yeah. can people even follow what we're saying? Because. True. True. Right? Because even though we've established who the characters are, it's. it's They could all be the same guy. No, you're right. And in a weird way, if this was remade. I don't want to say today. Let's say if this was made in the early 2000s, it would be Fight Club, where he is that same guy through the yeah, whole night. Yeah. And then the twist would be he's one person. He's all four guys. On the subway by yeah. himself. Yeah. You know, either right. the happy ending, where he's kind of been put at peace, the negative guys in his mind. Right. Or the, the, the downbeat ending, where he's just talking to himself on the subway and people are looking at him like, what's wrong with right. you? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, because I have a feeling you're you're not in the minority with this movie. I feel like a lot of people haven't seen this movie, and and it just flew under the radar. Yeah, like when you said it to me, I was like, "Is that the one with the Wayans brothers?" Like I actually thought yeah. that that was like a like a like a comedy. I thought it was a yeah. I didn't realize that because it, it didn't like it won Sundance or something. It won Sundance yeah. in '91, um, and. It, it, it was an indie movie when indie movies were indie movies. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like They're not indie movies anymore. Right. All indie movies are, are backed by some yep. big studio. Yep. But this was like, you know, shot for, made for, I, I think it, it it made half a million dollars at the box office uh, shown on like the, the, the small screens or whatever, the indie screens, uh, art house theaters. Yep. Um, but it's very much like a, a you know, guerrilla filmmaking mm -hmm. in the sense that they, they shot it in areas where they were, it was really run down and the local gangs uh, would like hold you up for money. Yeah. And actually Nestor talks about that in our interview. So I don't want to give too much away. He actually gives some really fun or not so fun <laughs> moments yeah. on making the movie. Um, but yeah, flies under the radar. And I think when we were obviously on our show, you guys know we when we interview somebody, we want to have a movie connected to them. Nestor's had a huge career, and I thought, well, no, let's go trace it back to the one of his first movies that he did, Hang with the Homeboys. 
and his performance is so good, but you'll find out that he almost didn't get that part mm -hmm. in his interview. Um, yeah, so I think for many people, if you haven't seen this movie, you should seek it out. It's it's literally a a one night moment. It's a it's a it's a drama with a lot of comedy yep. in it, a lot of really funny moments. Like there are there are scenes like laugh out loud, uh, dudes being idiots. It's great moments. It's it's super funny, and actually, what's making making me think of it's it's really well edited. Like because if oh, it, yeah. if it wasn't if it wasn't cut together the way that it was, it could be super goofy. Yes. Like, Agreed. Because there's a lot of times where the reaction shots seem super goofy. And there was a point like where even like Mario Joyner's like doing this thing with the cops, right? Because just a, a, qu a quick moment is that basically these, these guys jump the turnstiles at one point and the cops, the, the scene serves a, a greater purpose of humility and other things, but the, the cops uh detain them and mario joiner's doing this thing where he's like i i am tommy and you're like i was like what is that voice and you know i think i asked you like is he is this is he putting out a thing or is he you know he's he's actually scared yeah he's like, scared he's legitimately scared and you know that's a little right it's a little goofy although you could say well when i get scared i just act a little goofy well I, you know i was thinking about that when 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 someone goes when you get really upset about something or you're really passionate and you're like, guys, this is the deal. What if I talk like this all the time and I'm up here the whole time in my register? Oh it my doesn't sound, it sounds like you're putting it on, but in that moment, you're right. He is scared. Um, it seems like every character, every out of the four, the four guys each have their moment of like coming to Jesus, so to speak. They do. Where they could turn it around and either some do or some don't. Like we already kind of said. That's not Dustin's stomach, by the way. That's his little dog That's dog. My butt. Um, yeah, I, I think another thing too about this movie, it, feeling like biographical from the director, yeah. writer's perspective. Um yes. and, and and his storied background is really wild. Uh his you know, if you go to his bio on IMDb or Wikipedia, the first line is the son of two former heroin addicts mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. the son of two heroin addicts. Right. Yep. And he uh, I think he was if he was not open about his being bipolar, I think at one point, like I think he's bipolar. He's certainly diagnosed. Right. There's this whole yeah. thing about him getting into a fight while they're shooting, hanging with the homeboys with a homeless person who slashes his face. And then he like loses his mind and uh yeah there's a if you go to his wikipedia and, and there's an article remembering joe vasquez uh entertainment weekly put it out and always good to encourage people to go to wikipedia yeah you know where, just where anyone can write <laughs> i'm just saying but there's a link to the entertainment weekly see, article from there um yeah you know he it's one of those sad stories like man this guy was so talented because hanging with the homeboys did get great critical praise. Yeah. John Languizamo is a talent. All four guys are very talented. Um, and you see, this was before John Languizamo was mostly known for kind of his wacky, wild, like uh, stand-up yeah. and, 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 and theater that he did, which is so, he's so good. Uh, it's a very understated performance. Before Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> before Super Mario Brothers. After Casualties of War, mind you. Um, if you want to see him in a very small uh, role, but 
and a depressing film. Yeah, I I <laughs> I want to interrupt just because I the editor is, is a guy named Michael Schweitzer who um, is mostly well known now just because he edits like every episode of every episode of Law and Order. Um, but oh, there you uh, go, cool. But he uh, did the Toxic Avenger Part Two. Oh. Which I don't know if that's if that's known in your mind for its editing. Nope. Um, that was <laughs> they, the first movie that he edited, the first feature. Uh, you can thank Lloyd Kaufman for his career, which then. is which is super funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then a lot of uh, a lot of various horror films like Ritual, Wishmaster Two, uh, a lot of straight to video stuff. But um, um, <laughs> but the storytelling, you know, like of the edit, it's. It really is through through the through the editing. Here. You're right. You're right. There's one scene specifically that I'm thinking of when uh, Tommy goes to visit his girlfriend, uh, to, and she's not feeling good, and he gets goofed on by Vinny because she's not attractive, and then a bet takes place as to whether she's attractive or not, and it comes down to Johnny being the deciding vote, um, and and he needs to get a better look at her, so. After she like is introduced and goes back into her apartment, she gets brought back out one more time so he can get a better look at her. It's yep. a really funny yep. scene. I don't want to give it away because I feel like you guys should go watch this movie and, and see that scene uh, specifically. But it's it's a laugh out loud moment, but it's the way it's edited and the leering looks that it's they the have. It's the looks. It's right because it's the reaction shots. <laughs> it's the it's reaction always the reaction shots. shots where we hold a little too long. Like, what's he thinking? Is he yeah. creeped out? Is he... You know, the, the right there, there's a moment, and I feel like we should talk about this because it's. I just feel like it's really, um, it's just really pertinent to views of the world. But like John Leguizamo's character, Johnny, he has a crush on someone who's coming to the store a lot. Um, I'm her name is escaping me. It's not really important, but there's a pivotal moment right where he sees her in. Uh, well, let's just say it. He sees her in in a, in a porn film. Yeah. Uh, and he had idealized her as this good person. So he sees her in this porn film. And the way that it's put together is we have that zoom on the girl's face. Then we zoom to the Leguizamo's face. And then we as the audience are like, okay, that's the girl. Yeah. We know that girl. Yep. We brought it back. And then you see like these little tears and they're super, you know, it's like close up. Ooh, yeah, and, totally. Um, the shots hold on close ups for a while. And, you know, you you can see the, the, the performances, like you can see the brain working. Totally. Like, you, you know it, you know it. Oh no, that's, yeah. that's Daria. Like I thought she was, I think she was a porn girl. Um, and that feeling is so relatable. Yeah. That, like you said, yeah, it, it can. It, it's 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 topical now uh, when idealizing people for whom mm-hmm. you think they are mm-hmm. versus who they are are, and um, that comes back full circle towards the end of the movie in a really powerful way. Yep. And I think at the time when I was fourteen and, and wanting a girlfriend and being in high school and like seeing the 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 girl that I thought was hot, uh, you know, that I really wanted to date wouldn't give me the time of day. Yeah. And 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 you do, you idealize. Like, oh, right. You're like, why, she's why is she with that guy? Yeah, she should be with That's me. That's weird. Because you have your own thoughts. Yeah. It's a really interesting, like, th- it's an interesting thing because in the beginning of the movie, originally we were watching this movie uh, with our wives and that opening scene where Johnny's in the grocery store and he's watching Daria for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
And I think either Aaron or Kristen said, oh, he's creepy looking the way he's doing that. Yeah. And I'm watching him going, yeah, but dudes do that. Dudes have he's, done that. Right. We've all, I mean, just, I get- Just weird leering. Yeah, and you do, I mean, like, it does- I, I, I leer at people. I, I, I'm leering. <laughs> I don't leer anymore, but there was a time when I definitely leered. Uh, yeah, so, you know? Drool. And I think- uh, Zach, you're leering. But it was important actually to watch that with them because I'm like from a female's perspective or actually from the person that's being leered at, you're like, ooh, gross. Well, what are you looking at? And he's, it is gross. I mean, but I think it's intentionally gross. It's totally. not like- It's totally intentional. It's not like this guy's like, well, this is- how I am. It's like, it's intentionally, you know, a depressed guy who idealizes women is, is no real different. Like he's a good person. Yeah. But yeah, there's just that, that, that conversation that, that Willie has with him later, which uh, Dougie Doug has with him. It's great. It's so good. It is so good. Yeah. You know, where, where John Leguizam was saying like, yeah, I just saw her like, and I just really like her. And he's, you know, she, she, she's not, she's not like that. And he's like, like, like what? She's not like that porn girl. I'm like, what? You don't even know her. Like, yeah. she, it doesn't mean she's a bad person. Yeah. Like, you put these, you idealized her. This is in your head. Yeah. What you thought she was like. She can't apologize for, you know, because her idea, your idea of her is wrong. Like, it's it's so good. And it's, it's so, so interesting true. that Willie's the one giving him yeah. that speech. It's so true. Because you think throughout this whole movie, Willie is accusatory of everybody about everything. Yeah. And 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 in that one moment he has this he does have that one moment where he turns it around with this really great advice yep. that he gives them. And then Vinny at the whole time is eyeballing them like cuz Willie's the one that brought Johnny into the fold. Mm -hmm. Seems like they're mm -hmm. the tightest of the two. Mm -hmm. And then but Vinny's always saying, you know, this is your responsibility. <laughs> this is on yeah. you. Whatever happens tonight yeah. is on you. Um I don't want to go out with a depressed dude. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, understandable. Go around the city with a mopey, yeah, sad sack, leering guy. And I don't. Yeah. I don't blame him. No. I mean, no one wants to. Mm -mm. We've all been there. At least I have. Mm -mm. Where you, the one guy got dumped or whatever. He's down in the dumps, and we're gonna bring him out tonight. Yep. We're gonna show him a good time. Show him a good time. Yep. And then you do, or and then you put all that energy into it. You yep. know. And then Vinny is. Not no one is one dimensional in this. No, which, which is, I love, which is great. Yeah, it really is great. Yeah, this movie has a lot going on. It's a very simple film. It's 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 very cut and dry. But each scene, and this could easily be a stage play, you know. Mm -hmm. This, but each scene is so important to whether or not these guys you root for them or whether you loathe the hell out of them. Right. And I know it gets compared to Diner. Um, I just like the diversity of the cast. I think you could show this movie now. Well, you watching it for the first time now yeah. with your lens yeah. and I'm enjoying it. It's a movie that should be showed and get have more appreciation for it. Yeah, it, it, it should be. And I and I think I think to a degree, it probably is lesser known because of what happened to the director. Like because this guy just kind of uh, you know, had this tragic end. I, I would feel like it would be the reverse in a way, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like I, I'm, I was not at all familiar with Joe Vasquez. When I posted, um, I think I did a birthday collage of one of the guys in the movie and I posted a image of it and people were like, what's this movie? Never heard of this. Never heard of this. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, 
it's unfortunate. You know, Joe Vasquez was not a, from everything that I've read, at least, it's not like he did anything bad per se. Um, but yet this movie kind of gets shunned or just quieted down. There's plenty of movies that should maybe be forgotten because of certain people associated with them, but they don't, they're not. This one is. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, I know that Nestor Serrano is very proud of this movie. He's proud of his performance. Yeah. He talks about that um, and it's as he should. And I think everybody should go watch this movie. It's really good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really do. I really do think that, uh, well, it's it's fast, right? So it already meets that criteria. Minutes. It's 90 minutes. So <laughs> it has the dust and seal of approval even before we watched it. I was yep. like, 90 minutes? Because I can do 90 minutes of anything. 83, even better. But yeah, it's just, um, it's it's a really great character study of imperfect people. And that's it. You know, it's just... Which it's isn't just, that life? It's just really nice. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's it's the human condition. You know, it's the human condition on display. It's fun. It really, it really does. It really did connect with various points of like, like, oh, oh yeah, I remember that in my twenties. Like, I remember that. Um, Did you go out and party it up? Yeah. Well, even even the even the part where like John Leguizamo is, you know, they're all driving around in Tommy's car, and Tommy is drinking at the wheel. Yes. And he's putting them back, you know, and like and Leguizamo, and I'm saying Leguizamo just for the audience here, so you guys understand, like, yeah. Because if I just say Johnny, you might not be able to follow that because I'm not even following it as we're talking about it. But <laughs> I got you. I got um, you. You know, he's like, he's like, no, Tommy, like you should not be drinking while you're driving. And everyone's like, what's your problem, man? What is your problem? Come on, man. You shouldn't be doing that, man. And you know, man, you right? shouldn't be doing that. And I've that. been in that situation so many times Agreed. where it's Same. like, you should not be driving. But you're the only one that has that problem with it. And you're in a tough place because you're like, well could stand by my convictions here yep um yeah or i could not say anything and yeah the car could crash into a wall it's like which it does but Spoiler. yeah so. actually but that sets up the third act yes so. yes but i mean it's important you know that like you know relating to that you know relating to right the vinnie you know like i just want to get i just want to go out i just want to have fun i just want to get like you just want to get fucked up you know yeah um that kind of thing, or like the drinking to forget, right? Because you know, if something is is painful, like it's just a night about about forgetting. Um, I've been on both sides of so, that, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, it, yeah, it's weird because I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking of the movie Swingers, which is one of my all time favorite films, and how I really connected with um, both Vince Vaughn and John Favreau mm -hmm. in that. And how that movie was like with with Matt and Terry, we'd go out and okay, we're gonna watch Swingers before we go out to get us, ourselves pumped up. And it was about going out and hanging out with our buddies. Yeah. And not about scoring chicks, you know. Right. It was simply right. like, let's go have a great time, yep. get drunk and tell stories and be crazy. Yep. And whatever happens, happens. Yep. This I what I was 14 at the time when I saw this. If I saw this when I was in my 20s or watched it and i'm sure i maybe watched it again in my 20s i'd i would have been like oh that's not the way i want my night to go you know yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah the craziness that is going on and, and and at one point i could relate to every single one of those characters i would yeah. go out with my buddy sometimes and have no money and like 
write my buddies a check at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, yeah, what yeah. am I doing with my life? Yeah, yeah, no, right? for sure. And, and you look at these and I'm like, well, feeling like that scene you're talking about being that guy in the car when the person's driving and drinking and not feeling like you have a voice or you can voice up because everyone's like, shut up, man. Like, whoa, that's kind of, that's really scary. Yeah. But it's done in a, it's done in a way of like, oh, this is going to come back around. And it does. So there you go. Yeah, you know, it really does. And it, and it does in a way that's not, you know, it's not like Hollywood wrap up ending or anything like that. But it, it you know, it, it has, it has some of those moments a little bit like we need to wrap this up. So how are we going to do it in a neat package? But, um, but yeah, everything about it, it's, it's, you know, there, there's not a lot of moments that I don't find believable or anything like that. It's, it's really like, yeah, I, I, I believe that I relate to that. Um, I do like the ending. I like the way it's wrapped up. Yeah. It's not wrapped up in a, oh, they must've cut this short. It's, it's what happens to the four characters. Yeah. It makes sense. It does. What's uh, your, do you have a favorite scene in this movie? Uh, based on the one time you watched right, it? Right, based on the one time. <laughs> well, um, I really kind of like that, that moment where Willie is, is telling Leguizamo that he's idealized, mm. idealized the girl because you don't, you don't expect that from this character yeah you know so it's like it's like revealing a little bit of like oh yeah he's he's emotionally mature and he's got some wisdom here this this dougie doug character um and also i don't necessarily think that you i'm not saying dudes don't talk this way in their 20s but you don't see that much where you're giving the 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 hard the hard truth yeah or just like the heart to heart like because because if that scene was if that scene was playing let's say with actual dudes or whatever, right? Where it was like, yeah, I just thought she was something else. Oh, sorry, brother. You know, like that's- Yeah, or like, ah, forget yeah. her, man. Yeah, forget like, her, you're like, better than her, that. fuck her, fuck her. Yeah. That, that's what it could have easily that's been. That's what it would, that, yeah, totally. Totally. Um, and it wasn't that. And it was like, no, this is on you, man. Yep. Like you're kind of being a weirdo. I appreciate that truth. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that truth and I don't think it would have gone down that way normally. Um, No. No, but not. But again, it's not like a, like. Oh, I don't believe that. No, no, no. I it's not believe unbelievable. It. It's yeah. more like, man, I wish I had a friend yeah. like that that would give me the hard yeah. advice. Because let's be honest, when yeah, when you are in that in your twenties and you're downhearted about something, you're fr- all you want is for your friends to boost you up, right? Uh, when you're asking for advice, what should I do about yeah. this girl I like? And they give you the advice, you only hear what you want to hear, yep. right? Yep. And then if someone said to you, man, you know what? You just got to let it, forget about it and like, let it go. Yep. And in and, and time, actually Vinny later on giving advice to someone else in the group about a girl, he's right. Yeah. He's like, things, you will get over this. Yeah. You, this will get better. Yes. Yes. Which is actually really good advice too. It's great. Um, there, at one point this was, there was going to be a sequel hanging with the home girls. Mm, and right. one of the main characters that's introduced in the movie, one of the female characters, Lila, uh, was going to be in that as well. Who is Lila? Lila is played by... <clears throat> I guess, which character is she? Like, oh, So Lila is the one that uh, at one point Johnny meets in... Sorry, Luna. 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 Okay. 
Luna, I apologize. Uh, yeah, Luna was supposed to kind of carry this movie. It was going to be about her and her friends, basically. Hanging okay. with the home girls, okay. yep. which would have been a great perspective. Yeah. And I love, again, that Joseph Joey, let's call him Joey, Joey Vasquez, yep. that he was going to do this movie, you know? He should have. Yeah. Um, I That's not, not to say that it can never be made after. You know, someone would be influenced by this movie and do that. This movie is over what 30 years old now 31 years old now it's crazy 1991 yeah that's wild to me um and i yeah. love that that you know there's there's potential for this to happen down the road but it probably won't so there you go luna by yeah. the way is played by uh, mary b ward and she hasn't done a whole lot outside of this but you know yeah, Never but her character it. serves a great purpose, which is really like almost like a mentor to John Leguizamo of like, you know, somebody who's a little bit older, somebody who understands that maybe you're not with the best friends or maybe, you know, maybe you got to make better decisions and maybe you got to open your eyes and maybe you got to see the world. And, maybe, you know, it's, it's just that that kind of she's very representative of a world outside of the Bronx. Well, and her friend Lila. <laughs> is oh it's luna and lila it's luna and lila oh, yeah. her friend lila oh, gives a wake-up call to yeah, lily yeah uh dougie doug's right. character and very again like the 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 ones who actually know what's up are these strong female characters yeah and they are strong female characters at a time when uh, it wasn't you know popular totally no it's it, it was that was really nice to see i thought also they weren't just like it wasn't just like about like bitches man it was like no, these are the smart ones. These, these are, are these are actually the, the smartest people in the movie. Are these are these two women? I want to bring up the soundtrack. Yep, the one song. <laughs> well, Let's do it. we just uh, we just talked about in the last well, no, two episodes ago. We're officially out of martial art madness, and thank you for everyone who uh, got on the martial art train with us yes. for those four weeks. I'm exhausted from that. Yes, it was. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot was a in lot. a good way. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, but we did cover the perfect weapon in one of those episodes in one in that month, and that came out in '91. And the song from the perfect weapon was "Snap," the power. Yeah. Well, turns out the power by Snap remix <laughs> version is in this is one in this too. One. It opens the movie. Crazy. up. Crazy. Um, but that's not the one we're talking about today because the oh, one we're not. I, that that song is good, uh, and and again, there's a the remix version is pretty decent, um, but we talked enough about Snap and the Power on the Perfect Weapon episode, so go listen to that. This one is a little bit different. Mick Mars from Motley Crue did the music for this movie, and Mick Mars so along. weird. It's so weird to me. It's just <laughs> yeah. so bizarre. The soundtrack features like. Well, the soundtrack has is a pretty wild uh, hip hop, primarily mm. hip hop soundtrack. Mm -hmm. But two live, two live crew and Luther Campbell, kind of the the main guy behind Two Live Crew, uh, along with Mick Mars and Nikki Six, also of Molly Crew, uh, do a song called "Hanging with the Homeboys," kind of to the tune of Doctor Feelgood. I don't like it. You don't? I, I really don't like it. It seems so cheesy to me. Like, it just it seems so. Hanging with the homeboys. Ugh. Actually, play, you play a little bit. It's weird. Hanging with the homeboys. We gonna have some fun tonight. Hanging with Dr. Feelgood. He's gonna be up to get all right. Hanging with the homeboys. We gonna have some fun tonight. Hanging with Dr. Feelgood. 
it's just like such a it, it feels like a cop out or something like why like to i just i don't like when people do that like unless it's like a kid's version or something well it, it, it's uh the 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 90s not only was it the birth of grunge, but it was also the birth of hip hop, in my opinion. The best hip hop came out of the 90s mm. and also was starting the, the birth of uh, rap and metal, right? Anthrax did that song with Public Enemy, Feel the Noise. Bring the Noise, Bring the Noise. And um, and then, I, well, it started before that with Run DMC and Aerosmith. But this seems like it, this was an attempt with Two Life Crew, Motley Crew trying to do their take on the rap metal right because thing. but because but walk this way right it's it's not like they, they don't change the lyrics they're you know like they're not going like to to match the title of a movie like no. that's what's weird about it to me this like, was specific for the movie yeah which yeah. is for an indie film to get motley crew well i guess members of motley crew there's got to be a story right I'm, there is, but there's, you would hope that I would have done the research. But. No, but I don't think there, you know, I don't think there was a whole lot of story behind it. Um, I'm wondering. No? I mean, how does how did Mick Mars get attached to this project? And how? Yeah, scoring it's, a movie. Like that, that. There's got there's got to be a story there. It you know it, there's not actually a lot online for this movie. Really, there's, there's oh. not a lot online yeah. for it. Wow. Um, it's it's you know it's got. The articles that are out there uh, are very specific about the movie itself or more Joseph Vasquez. Unfortunately, yeah. because of his tragic death, that overshadowed this movie and the stories behind it. I would love to know why Mick Mars was connected. Mick Mars is actually, Mot Motley Crue is a very underrated band in, in the sense that the guys are really talented. Right. Uh, their antics out shined their 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 musicianship yeah tommy lee is a phenomenal drummer outside of the fact that he's you know yeah who yeah. he is um so and then two live crew was so controversial so you slap on there two live crew is on here mm -hmm. people go oh shit i'm gonna get that yeah i'm gonna get that soundtrack i was into it back then because like oh, oh it's you know it's hot button like this is yeah i'm not supposed to listen to this so i want to listen right. to this and the parental advisory sticker totally. got slapped everywhere. And then the minute you saw that as a teenager, especially a teenage boy, yeah. ooh, I want to listen to right. that. Even though the music is not that great. No. You're like, oh, this is not that good. It's not that great. It's not that good. Did Detachable Penis have a parental advisory? King like Missile? King Missile, yeah. Was it, there... That's a good, it, I'm, it had to have. Because that was like, wow. Um, but then you break it down, you're like, this is not a good song. No, King Missile is a terrible band. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine in I think 91 or 92, yeah. who would play that in his car all the time. Put on that King, it's all you yeah. put King yeah. Missile and Spin Doctors. <laughs> and I'm just like. What a funny combination. Yeah, and I think, One, two, princes, they adore you. It's what I said now. I mean, I love that song too, but. Well, the Spin Doctors, I mean, was arguably the most catchy album of yes. 91. It's like that, right? And then you had like the good, the good Chili Peppers back then. The good Chili Peppers, um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else. It was around that time. Well, we talked about in Perfect Weapon that Soundgarden came out at that time. Nirvana, yeah. Temple yeah. of the Dog, yeah. the Grunge, Pearl scene. Jam. Yeah. Um, but but it, that they were just breaking in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think the <laughs> Spin Doctors. I remember he had a King Jeremy. It was his name. He had a King Missile uh, sticker on his dashboard or whatever. New King Missile. He was the only guy in our group that had a car. Yeah. This has to be ninety two or ninety three. Like Jeremy, stop drinking. 
Stop drinking, no, Jeremy. But, but we would he would drove us everywhere. My buddy Jamal, oh, nice. Jeremy, and this guy, this kid named Q. And um, that was his name. I think his, his name was like Quetzalcoatl or something. Mm. It's pretty wild to think about. Yeah. We totally ditched Jeremy one time. Even though he, he drove you somewhere and you left him. Well, so I got my license and I got a car. Oh, and that was the end of Jeremy. And then we're yeah. like, we didn't want to hang out with Jeremy. I shouldn't be saying this. <sighs> Anyways, we didn't well, want Jeremy's to... probably not listening to this. And the four of us were in Spanish class together and there were two doors yeah. in our Spanish class uh, to exit, right? And yeah. enter. And Spanish was right before lunch. And we went to Burger King after lunch every single day. After lunch, you went to Burger King? Sorry, at lunch. We oh, would. okay. So we would, Spanish uh-huh. class would get out, we go to lunch. And we go with Jeremy. Yeah. Well, we were done with Jeremy. Oh. He was the one, by the way. He, he didn't who, know. He didn't know you were done with him. No. Yeah. And so Jamal and I were like. Sorry, he was the one, by the way, that did what? He was the one with Jamal when he smashed the, the meatball. And Jamal smashed oh. the meatball. And it hit me in the chest. Wait, Jamal smashed the meatball too? No, no, it was, Jeremy, oh, it, was, it was Jamal's sandwich, and Jeremy smashed the meatball. Jeremy smashed Jamal's sandwich. Yeah, that makes a different layer, a layer to, to the yeah, story. Yeah, just to be a dick. Okay, that's fucked. And up. the meatball hit me in the chest. Right, so ruined my day. <laughs> okay, because you've told me this previously that somebody did it. I knew it wasn't your sandwich, but I thought maybe they just did their own sandwich. But now you're saying that Jeremy in your fan group hit Jamal's sandwich into your shirt. Yes. Yeah, that's the worst. There you go. Yeah. And then Jeremy was Done with like, that guy. Yeah, we were we're like we're ditching we're ditching Jeremy yeah. today. We're ditching him. Yeah. And so the bell rang. So we kind of devised that when the bell rang, we split as fast as we could. Yeah. Bell rings, we split. You got the car running already. I got like, my bag ready. We just go. <laughs> we're running. We run out to the parking yeah. lot, and we get in our car. Start up my '78 Corolla, and we start to drive out of the parking lot. As we're driving out of the parking lot, who do we see walking up the stairs to the parking lot? But Jeremy, oh, giving us this look, just shaking shit. his head, going, "You fuckers, you guys," yeah. and we ditched him. Yep. I'm pretty sure that was the last time we hung out with Jeremy wow. for a long time. Wow, yeah, and that has to be senior year. I feel like that was '93 or '94. Yeah, your meatball stain shining in the sun. <laughs> it's what you yeah. get, man. Yeah, no more King Missile. Yeah, I kind of get that. Right, you're sick of that song. We're listening to Tool now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I guess all all's well that ends well. All's well that ends well. Yeah. Um, should we jump into some pop culture facts from 1991? Yes. Let's jump in. So really quick, y'all know the deal, the dealio. Uh, go to our Patreon page to hear what does Dustin know from 1991. Let's see if Dustin can knock it out of the park this time. I think he can. I think you can. I have faith in you this time. I feel pretty good about the 90s now, but I don't want to get overconfident. Yeah, don't get too cocky, yeah. but uh, head on over to our Patreon page. Sign up for that. You're like, what was the number one song? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm just going to tell you really quick a couple, uh, well, interesting things. So in 1991, the number one song was uh, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams from the Robin Hood soundtrack. It was huge. Yep. Spent 16 yep. weeks. Number one, 16 weeks. Um, but the- That's longer than Peter, Peter Cetera and Glory of Love, which gonna, doesn't make a lot of sense to me though. You know what? You're going you're gonna to just- Well, it just doesn't seem like if you said to me what stayed on, what's, what was number one longer? It was on the charts number one for two weeks, right? Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah, I did. But like 16 weeks blows that out of the water. I think this, yeah, it does actually. Well, it was a huge. It was. I think it was a. It was more global hit. This song, this Brian Adams song, than Power of Love. Well, but that's 
But that's my point. Like, yeah. how is that possible? I don't know. Because uh, I don't think it's as good of a song. It's definitely not as good as Power of Love. You don't, the, the, the Brian Adams. I don't think the Brian Adams song. Power of Love. No, we're talking about everything. Sorry. Everything. Every, <laughs> no, but I'm, the glory of love. I oh, don't yeah. think the, I think the glory of love is better than the Brian Adams song. Everything I do, I do it for you. You don't think it is? I think it is. I think it's better than the Brian Adams song. Right, but I'm saying. Yeah, I did, that's why it doesn't that's make sense. That's why to two me weeks either. doesn't make sense to me. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But the 80s were a better so, time for music than the 90s, in my opinion, overall. Um, overall. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Because the next big song, I just want to list like the top five. Oh, okay? yeah. Top five songs in 1991 Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody slash These Are the Days of Our Lives. Because this is your other fun fact of 91. It's the year Freddie Mercury passed away. Oh. Died in 1991. That's a great fun fact. That's unfortunately, I got to have one downer in there. Yeah. But they re- but Queen, when he died, released all their music again. And then it suddenly became popular mm, again. Yeah, yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody was huge, besides being in Wayne's World. But uh, These Are the Days of Our Lives was, was like the final song he recorded, I think. Um, but that was number two in the country mm-hmm. for the year. Mm-hmm. And shares the Shoop Shoop song, It's In His Kiss, was from the Mermaid oh, soundtrack. Yes. That was number three. Yes. yes. Oh, not yes. a fan. I'm not a fan of that song or Mermaids. <laughs> Wait till I get to number four oh, for the year. Okay, so we got Brian Adams, we got Queen, we got Cher. The number four song, Wright said Fred, I'm oh, too sexy. come on. Ugh, yeah. Fuck that. This is one. where you're like, ooh, the music took a turn. Oh, I'm not done, though. Oh, <clears throat> number five. These, again, top five songs. This is bad. Number five, The Simpsons do the Bartman. I mean, doesn't that seem <laughs> right? And, and, and speaking of global, right? Yo, hey, what's happening, dude? I'm a guy with a rep for being rude. I mean, my brother... <laughs> Wow, has that impressive. on repeat. Do the Bart Man. Yeah, terrorizing people wherever I go. Oh man, like so I know all the lyrics because he just would do it all the time. So if you think that people across the world are doing the Bart Man, you know, all day long, that tracks to me from a monetary perspective. But like, where is Madonna? Like, where where is Prince? Like, where are these people? Like, do they just not have any music that year? Like, what in in the top twenty? Prince and Madonna were not on there. Um, uh, we got Diana Ross was on in the top 20, but, uh, you know, who was in the top 20, who I think you could safely say you would definitely keep in the top 20, actually number seven for the year. I am the one and only Chesney Hawks Hawks, number seven, number seven, the one and only by Chesney Hawks. It peaked at number one. What are we looking? What are we talking about? Are we talking about? We're looking at Billboard's top forty across the world, or what yeah, we, this is top this forty is in America. Top forty, top US. 40 in America was number yep. seven was Chesney Hawks. Yep, that's really surprising to me because I didn't feel that way in ninety one. Like the, that, I heard that song even like other than Doc Hollywood. I never. Yeah, it. Uh, Doc Hollywood was ninety one. I mean. I didn't I dig too. too deep on that one, but I will say yeah. that that it was weird. You know, uh, Jason Donovan. I don't even know who the, any any dream will do. That was the one number six. I guess I'm starting to go into those. Uh, but yeah, any dream will do. Sure. No, that's I'm I'm 
combining it with another song. Yeah, 91 was an interesting any year. Any dream will do any dream. Any dream. That's that's that one. You feel good about that? <sighs> feel good about that? The list? Yes. Not really. Right Said Fred was one of those bands where I'm just like, this has oh, no I'm... place. No. I, I did own the CD. <laughs> this has no place. Well, then you're part of the reason why it was in the top. I, I know, because yeah. I, I was like, I don't know why. I I, I, I I bought into the whole phase. I hated it, but I requested it every day on the radio, 107.9. <laughs> uh, lastly, it's safe to say, even though it came out in 1990, the Super Nintendo dominated. Yeah. Dominated kind of the toy industry. Yeah. Um, I said in the previous episode that Street Fighter 2 was yeah I mean the Super NES Super NES like was a game changer for game systems it came out in 1990 so when we do do a 90s movie we'll bring that one up again I'm sure but yeah that's a little bit of fun facts that's that's good from 1991 it's good it's weird it is weird it's goofy Uh, you know it's not weird or goofy is all of the great shows that are on the Geekscape network oh Yes. So if you're so inclined, um, if you're fans of our show, which you are because you're listening, go check out the other shows on the Geekscape Network. Yes, please. Including this one. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Nestor Serrano in two weeks is coming to our show. It's a great interview. Go watch, uh, go watch Hang With The Homeboys. Go find it somewhere. It's hard to find. It's yeah. hard to find. But go out and seek it out uh, and then listen to our interview with Nestor He's a really, really cool dude. And that was a, a fun interview. Uh, yet again, another fun interview. So uh, It was unexpected. Unlike yeah. the, the Hang With The Homeboys by yep. Motley Crue and Two Live Crew. Yep, don't like it. Motley, Two Live Crew. Ugh. Two Live Motley Crew. Hanging with the homeboys. No, no. But how about Dr. Feelgood? Do you like that song? Not really. I'm not a fan of that song either. I, I do like Theater Pain is like my last uh, Mate- uh, Motley Crue song that I, or Motley yeah. Crue album that I was like really into. Yeah. Dr. Feel Good, I was like, nah, not so much. Well, I guess we don't have to listen to it ever again. <laughs> I don't, we so. don't. But this movie's way better than those songs. Um, it is, it is. Again, pleasantly surprised all around. Um, thank you everybody for listening. And uh Enjoy your, enjoy your day. Take it away, Ace. I woke up this morning with a bad hangover, and my penis was missing again. This happens all the time. It's detachable. This comes in handy a lot of the time. I can leave it home when I think it's going to get me in trouble.
Hey guys, it's Nestor Serrano, and I am uh, wanted to alert you that um, Zach and Dustin are having me on their show. Please stay tuned. Hey! Hi, Duke. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.